My name's Nick Forrest, and uh, I'm an artist in Montreal. Um, and I'm working on an installation project for a group show at Obero. The show is uh, curated by Aaron Pollard and also Chantal Moller, a curator from Switzerland. So they're, they're, they're working together on this project, four artists. It's called Usomnu, I think. So, uh, where are we? <laughs> and I mean, I'm kind of, which is interesting. I didn't actually know that was going to be the title of the exhibition when I started working on these pieces, but it actually kind of resonates with some of the things I'm thinking about um, in terms of like um, how one, you, me, whoever, locates themselves um, in relation to, um, you know, other things in their environment, I guess. Other people, other things. Um, and your work for this uh, ex exhibition is Wild Intimacies, yes? Yeah, well, uh, I'm lucky enough to have a residency right now at Obro, and okay. in a way that's the title of the residency, it's sort of the title of the research, I mean, um, and it's sort of uh, it's sort of an idea that I'm, I've been trying to think through in part, um, in part uh, to do with PhD studies that I'm going to be starting in September, but also it's sort of a it's sort of a, a way I'm trying to kind of think through this sort of energy that I'm interested in finding in my sound and installation work. I could talk a bit about the kind of wild intimacy idea. Yeah, please tell <laughs> us about this concept or okay. term. Well, um, that's, the term sort of arose for me in conversation um, with some artists uh, last summer. Um, and But really, what like a few things kind of came together for me just sort of in this conversation. And one thing is, um, you know, wild sound, like this sort of, I, like a kind of classic cinema idea of sound that's recorded that's not already attached to a particular image so it's sort of unmoored you know it's kind of like well it could end up going in a number of different places and playing a number of different roles and having you know it's sort of before it's really attached in the final movie to some moment let's say or some image I mean, it has kind of all of these potential relations, you know? So it's sort of a little bit uncontainable, and I kind of really like that idea, you know? Things that are uh, just beyond or more than already being classified or known or contained. So I kind of like that idea. And then somebody else at this, um, this sort of workshop conference were, was talking about... Um, Jack Haberstam's ideas about wildness and queer theory mm -hmm. and um, I thought that was really interesting too like so I you know I, to tell you the truth I have not read 
that work, but I know it. Uh, it's it's a, a kind of set of ideas that draw on Jose Munoz, mm-hmm. um, and you know it, it's really um, pointing at these uh, this sort of um, you know things that lie beyond, let's say, conventional or kind of. Uh, um, institutionally produced behavior <laughs> for one thing let's say so i think experimental sound is maybe a, an interesting way to and maybe not the most obvious way but kind of an interesting way to think about approaching these things In wild intimacy, for one thing, in these works I'm working with sound and light, and I'm thinking about, um, you know, sound and light as both materials and energies that have, you know, material effects, um, and that there's something uncontainable and slightly uncontrollable and unpredictable about what exactly they're going to do in the end in the space of the installation. You know, there's obviously things that I'm producing and to some degree controlling but you know sound is really as you guys know uh, live right and continues to act and change in a space um, in relation to the materials and you know the resonance of the materials and the people in the space and you know the kind of temperature and the air pressure and the humidity and you know on and on. Okay, so I understand you have this kind of modified um, SLR com- camera that you yeah that you've been working with. Um, can you just like kind of talk a little bit about your process and about this camera? Yeah, well, I I mean the camera is just set up to deliberately allow light to leak in. So, you know, normally what exactly what you don't want, right? You want your camera to be a sealed black box, and the only light would come in through the lens, but how I'm working with it, the light leaks in other ways and it's actually not coming, for the most part, straight through the, the lens. Um, but the, you know, those cameras have a, you know, light sensor. Um, so that's picking up whatever light leaks in and making these abstract patterns that, you know, are non-representational, but yet they document the particular light conditions of the time and place of recording. For sure I'm taking that video recording and processing the image a little bit. Um, So I'm intervening, you know, it's not like it just it just happens, but it's a sort of combination between stuff that's totally out of my control, really, and then um, ways that I'm intervening. And um, 
for this project, I've recorded um, video images like that inside Obero. I don't think I'm supposed to say, but on the roof of Obero, <laughs> no one's allowed up there. And um, then I also went to this one location, uh, which is uh, Mont Megantique, which is, I think, the, the, the highest point in southern Quebec. Oh, wow. So on top of that, peak I recorded sound and video for this project and I'm kind of interested in this vertical sort of layering and sort of trying to bring it together and then explode it again inside the installation or something like that. the kind of technology of capturing the art or what the, yeah. the in which the ways that you intervene are kind of meant not really meant to be part of the work or not really meant to be perceived by the viewer um, but and often this is the way the technology works that it's often is only noticeable when it's not functioning smoothly or as it should yeah. uh, so I wonder for you what kind of is revealed here or can be gained here in this kind of dissonance or intervention um, where something is not working exactly as it was designed to. Yeah, yeah, I think that's really interesting. And um, I'm, I guess in the case of the camera, I'm really thinking of it as this leaky object that is, um, you know, subject to contagion by whatever might be outside, like an, on top of Mont Megantique. Unfortunately, it was like rain, and I, <laughs> I was sort of really trying not to have too much of that happen. But this idea that it's part of an ecology, so whatever uh, light, sound, atmosphere is outside, it's really subject to contagion by that, and also. Um, you know, it's not a discrete, separate, sealed object that's really part of that. So, like, you know, us. I mean, without being too obvious about it, I guess. Um, and, yeah, well, and I, I'm in the end, I don't know that I'm going to use this kind of sound for this project, but in other projects I've um, taken... Uh, contact microphones and stuck them on the outside of the camera so you know lights leaking in and sound is leaking out and I really sort of want to have this sort of uh, permeable um, nature I guess of that object sort of really revealed in, okay. in what we hear and see yeah. awesome Back to this idea of kind of wild intimacy mm -hmm. um, and relationality. I wonder um, if this kind of concept uh, can be applied um, beyond sound or with sound to mm -hmm. kind of think about human uh, interaction and other ways of 
relating. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, it's interesting because your question was, uh, you know, uh, yeah, like about dissonance in a way. And I Mm -hmm. was thinking like, okay, so like wild intimacy, is that dissonant? Is there a dissonance there? And it's sort of like, well, there there is only a dissonance there if we think of intimacy in really normative ways, right? So, like, usually we think of intimacy only as being about between, like, people or maybe people and, you know, pets, right? Right. You know what I mean? We think of it in really, and we think of it as really contained in certain social structures and, like, usually not happening anywhere else or in in other ways. So, but if you think of, like, intimacy as, like, um actually a you know a kind of different way of uh being in touch with everything i i mean i I don't mean to be too sort of unspecific about it it's good yeah (laughs) but if you think about intimacy in that way or sort of like um kind of like a uh maybe an availability or i'm not sure you know i'm still trying to work this stuff out but i mean if if it's about your act- your relation with your environment, so with all the materials in your environment, with all the other things in your environment, and um, rather than a really contained and like private thing, you know what I mean? Like, I, I guess I'm I guess that's one of the things I'm thinking about. So, um, if we start kind of seeing how sound continues to act, or how light leads into the camera, or um, how you might hear differently if you're standing up or lying down or something, which is one of the things that I'm hoping will happen in the installation. Mm -hmm. Um, I wonder if that might just kind of change not only perception, but really kind of relations between um, people and environments. Did you use this um, very low frequency antenna in this in this piece? I did as well. Okay, we're very interested in this. Oh, <laughs> perhaps you could just tell us what about your first experiences with the uh, VLF antenna and um, how you became to u- how you started using it. Okay. Well, to be honest, before I actually started making recordings, I heard. Uh, recordings and compositions made with this kind of sound and I thought it was amazing and really really interesting like I mean there's a famous uh, work by Alvin Lucier where he's working with spherics so um, very low frequency um, sound that that's the result of um, atmospheric conditions you know, so electromagnetic radiation that's maybe the result of something like uh, lightning. And and I think the, the sound waves are, are so kind of long and low, you know, they can like really go around the globe. So you, you could be somewhere like on top of Mont Magantic hearing some spherics and that might be the result of something really very far away. 
of something like lightning or you know just um, electromagnetic activity um, so I you know I was I think the first thing was hearing some of this work by Lucier and uh, then discovering there's a whole community online you know of people <laughs> building designing making these antennas and uh, writing away for a kit and um, not a very expensive kit at all and making it and then um, you know putting it together and realizing that actually even with that I could hear uh, I could hear some of this stuff so I made some recordings um, earlier this summer in uh, Saskatchewan in kind of an incredible location that was really far from the electrical grid of the city so I could really hear the atmospheric uh, very low frequency sound. That was amazing. And then I made more this summer. Well, I tried to make some on the roof of Obero, <laughs> but um, you can hear a little bit, but you really hear so much of the electrical grid, so the 60 hertz hum and all of that mm -hmm. stuff. But on uh, Montmagantic, um, you could really hear uh, spherics that was still hum, but you know, there's ways to filter out those frequencies that are more the result of the urban electrical mm -hmm. grid. Um, so, you know, it just it just really interests me that there's all of this stuff going on that we can't hear, you know, just like there's so much going on that we can't see. And rather than thinking of, you know, um, in a binary way of what you can hear and what you can't hear, like what happens when that crosses over? So I made recordings, sound recordings, also inside Obero on the roof and at Momagantique, and I'm working with those samples to make um, a multi-channel composition um, in one of the rooms upstairs. And uh, the speakers, I'm, you know, rather than thinking of just surround sound in kind of a, um, I, I don't know, horizontal or sort of lateral way thinking of it vertically so yeah, I'm thinking of how to position speakers so it kind of not only draws you maybe in different directions around the room but from very low to very high in the space mm -hmm. and the um, for that piece I'm working with these LED lights that are attached to a sound sensor so there's there's going to be this live sound in the room, but then these sensors will pick that up and change the intensity and um, kind of speed of these and color of these um, lights, which I'm going to house in a skylight, but under a kind of scrim. So, um, yeah, I'm thinking of, I, I kind of wanted to use that space in between the inside and the outside of the building and really hopefully uh, it'll be apparent to viewer listeners that there is a relationship between the sound in the room and what's happening with the lights but also you know any sound they make will have an effect too because oh. there'll be little live mics in the room great so.
So speaking about kind of this like sound and relationality, mm-hmm. um, I wonder if you found um, the experience of hearing these sounds that are, yeah, as you mentioned, all around us, but that mm-hmm. you can't normally hear mm-hmm. as um, like a, a queer or like kind of an alternative uh, intimate or a, a wild, wildly intimate <laughs> uh, practice. Yeah, yeah, well, like, maybe all of those things, like, wildly intimate and queer and sort of non-normative, but I mean, like, non-normative for me, too, because, you know, and um, it's very interesting, like, walking around the galleries upstairs um, with the, the VLF, for sure, I'm, I'm hearing mostly electrical stuff in the building, but, I mean, it sounds very different in every room and kind of in every corner and you know the walls different than the sort of near the floor and all of this stuff so it's kind of like it feels like there there are sort of these simultaneous registers you know there's sort of the room as you normally experience it and as you normally hear it and then there's this other room that you hear that's kind of like superimposed but it's not like a separate layer either it's a <laughs> it's a kind of uh i don't know a, an, another layer that you sort of see the first layer through or something i'm not sure um but also i have this experience of kind of this space seems really thick you know when you're when you're instead of just empty space in the room i think sort of hearing all that sound kind of makes it seem really uh, dense or something, you know, mm-hmm. in a way. One thing that I was thinking um, is kind of like if we're thinking about relationality, like we ought, we usually, maybe, I don't know, often maybe think of relationality in terms of opposition or in terms kind of, of um, ownership or something. And if, you know, if there's a kind of, if there's a kind of world that's not really about that, then, then what is it? It's sort of like, uh, I think that's what I mean by these sort of simultaneous layers of experience that are not discrete or separate but sort of could come in and out of focus or in and out of audibility you know i was thinking rather rather exactly than uh dissonance so like uh I was thinking of leakiness, maybe, you know? And I guess that's what I mean by, like, these sort of shifting kind of registers or something that may be more or less in in focus. And the other thing, what was the other thing we were just talking about? Oh yeah, 
um, if there's something queer or intimate oh, yeah. about hearing something kind of new or that is actually not new but always there but new to you <laughs> right which is which is really queer isn't it because like I mean I I, I certainly had this experience where uh, you know the world seemed to be a certain way and then I understood well, actually it's not that way at all there's this whole other kind of um, you know experience yeah. that's actually it was always there right and it was maybe invisible and then kind of becomes really visible once you are sort of attuned in that way. Rather than any kind of purity, I think there's all there's sort of uh, contagion and contamination going amongst these registers and, and layers of experience. Totally. No, I, I think that's like very pertinent. Like the that yeah, the world is perceived one way until you are opened up to see it in a different way. Yeah. And then I don't know, perhaps are you more like do you perceive space a little bit differently or sound differently now that you have experienced all of these very low frequencies that you are not normally perceivable or you hadn't perceived before? Yeah, I'd say, I'd say definitely. And, um, I think, um, you know, also just sort of, uh, um, I mean, my background's really in visual art, you know, and I can't kind of, I have never really studied sound or recording or, so it's all, it's, it's just sort of something that arose in my practice and became more and more interesting. So I started listening to a lot of things and, um, you know, going to a lot of um, listening events and um, just hearing a lot of different work. And um, for sure, then you start to, you know, become aware of something like just resonance or something. And then for sure in a room now I'm listening to just the room tone in a different way and uh, the materials in a different way and I guess thinking about the, the sort of low frequency stuff um, it's just really interesting to think like how how uh, like the vast kind of distances so it sort of it sort of changes something about the way I'm perceiving time I think also you know the kind of length of those really really long low wavelengths mm -hmm. and um i think um yeah and that you could simultaneously be hearing that you know and the you know like let's say the rain that's hitting the outside of your headphones so uh yeah really like a different way of also yeah kind of relating to time and space which yeah. i'm sure also probably is reflected in your like video work as well mm. i think because that's such a time-based medium yeah um and uh, and light so as you say mm. that you work with image but a lot with the light and kind of the relationship between sound and light so i wonder if that gives you a different kind of perception of um space and time perhaps well that's a re <laughs> that's a really good question and uh I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not 100% sure that I'm actually perceiving anything that anyone else isn't perceiving. Like, I, I really don't know. But I know that um, 
it's been really interesting for me to uh, kind of discover, like f for myself, and a lot of pe other people are doing this, I'm sure, but discover the ways that these uh, technologies can kind of um, even be misused or sort of reappropriated to just reveal this stuff, even in a slightly different way than the kind of usual way of um, experiencing time and space. I mean, for me, it's it's uh, uh, it's sort of still interesting and surprising to see these kind of in sort of real time these different relations between light and sound, and uh, um, you know how how they can really have a a kind of material effect, kind of in real time in front of you. <laughs> totally, so I find that interesting. Instead of being sort of confined by, let's say. Uh, technology that sort of um, you can find uh, lots of different ways to be with that right and to work with it and um, yeah that there might be really interesting things that arise out of um, kind of misuse <laughs>